nothing else matters outside mm -hmm. of that bar or club. And you're just having fun, and then, you know, you leave with your ears ringing, and <laughs> you, you go back out into the world. Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. So for this one, I got to sit down with Jen Lombari, a person that's been a staple in Rhode Island's punk scene since the mid-90s. She continues to have a very active career in music and is a great example of being proactive and responding to hurdles. You'll hear her talk about her days starting an underground newspaper in high school, how many drummers she's played with, and the many records she's put out. Enjoy the episode, and please make sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram at livingroomutb for show flyers, live photos, and more from Jen's time in music. Cool. So let's well, do this. I'm excited. Thank you, Jen, for <laughs> taking some time to talk about. Thanks for coming here to do this. Talk about music. So, you know, kick things off. Can you talk about where you grew up? I grew up in Chapachet. All right. Yeah, not much to do out there. So I basically just hung out in my room and listened to records and read magazines about music and had my guitar and I'd play it loud when my parents went out. <laughs> yeah. When did you start playing guitar? I was about nine. Really nice. And then... And what, what made you want to play guitar? Like, was there certain bands that you were listening to? I that... always, when I, growing up, I, I liked all kinds of music growing up, but I was really into metal. Okay. Like, glam and, like, the heavier stuff. Yeah. Like, I loved Anthrax. Right. And yeah, yeah. so I would hear, you know, it was predominantly guys. Mm -hmm. And I'd hear these guys playing guitar, and I remember it was actually um, the solo in Talk Dirty to Me by Poison. Oh, I was right. like, I want to do that. Yeah. And so I never learned to do that because I took lessons and found scales and all that really boring. So I just wanted to play power chords. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to play loud, and I wanted to play fast. Yeah, okay. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. So with lessons, did you like just talk to your parents and say one way or another? Yeah. I mean, I, I took lessons at Luca Music in North Providence, but it wasn't for very long. It, it was really boring. I was learning like single note, like Beatles songs mm -hmm. and nothing I wanted to play and scales, like repeating scales. And it was boring me to death. I hated it. And I was like, if I stick with this, I'm not going to play guitar. And then a friend of mine's brother, he was much older than us. He was um, a guitar teacher, and he would come to my parents' house. They would pay him for an hour lesson, but he was basically teaching me how to teach myself. Like okay. I had, I had ear, like an ear for it. I just needed to learn a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. And then he taught me like some songs that I liked by like my favorite artists at the time, and you know, it made me learn how to do stuff on my own and then I just started writing stuff okay so and what age was that then I was probably like 12 or 13 wow okay yeah and were you finding other kids in Chapacha that were not really no 
um, me and my friend Aaron, I mean, I'm, and I'm using air quotes for the people that can't see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had a band, air quotes, yeah. <laughs> called Rigor Mortis, because who didn't have a band called Rigor Mortis, right? Yeah. And, you know, we tried to play metal, and it was awful. It was just me and him. We didn't have a drummer or a bass player. Or <laughs> it was just two just guitars, two. and we were determined. We were going to find, you know, other players. And then that just was nothing. Yeah. So I started writing stuff. I was more into, like, I, I loved metal, but I was also into, like, alternative rock, yeah. I guess, at the time. So I was really into things like Pavement and the Violent Femmes and the Lemonheads and things like that. So I, I was writing more that style. Okay. And I found some people in the Barville area, which was adjacent to Chapachet. Mm-hmm. That wasn't too far. And, of course, I was a kid, so I didn't drive my my parents had to drive me or someone would drive me there yeah and uh we would get together in the drummer's basement and we would play and we had a bunch of covers we wrote our own stuff too yeah what and was the name of that band sam the butcher okay <laughs> and did you play any shows with that band um your, do you remember your first show we i we might have played like somebody's cookout okay i don't think it was really a show my first show ever was um, I booked it at my high school, and wow. it was I actually found the flyer for it. Don't ask me why I still have these things. <laughs> well, it's your first show. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's like so bizarre that I've traveled with you know. It was the Ponegansett High School presents Rock the Youth concert, and it was January sixth, nineteen ninety five, from seven to ten thirty p.m. Those are dream hours for a show now that yeah, I'm forty. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but. It was five bands for four bucks, and I booked it, and it was, somebody from each band had to go to that high school, but no band was ever completely from that high school. Okay. But um, there was a couple, you know, good bands, you know, for high school bands, and the auditorium was full, Mm -hmm. and my band headlined, because we put it together. And at the time, I was really into Hole. Yep. And me and my buddy Nathan learned the entire live through this album, and that's what we played for our set. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that was on video, too, and the video has disappeared, and I'm so bummed out because it's actually something I'm really proud of. Like, it was good. Yeah. The teenagers, it was good. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, and there was a lot of rules, and we broke them all. With the show? Yeah, because like, yeah. it was at the high school. They were like, you know, no swearing, no crowd surfing. <laughs> that all went just, out the window. Just blew through that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like people mm-hmm. went nuts for it because it really was. It was like the hottest album at the time. Like if you were into that kind of music, yeah, it was like so. Okay, I had a Fender Jaguar. Like, oh really? We yeah, pulled out all the stops. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, so from there, uh, did you just continue playing music? Like, like yeah, I mean, and, and... I was I was so into music, like. I started an underground newspaper in my high school that eventually me and the couple friends I was doing it with, we got in trouble for it. What was the name of that newspaper? Straightforward. Okay. Ah, when you're a teenager, that seems like a good, a good name for an underground newspaper. Yeah. But it was a lot of music stuff and then, you know, silly columns that the other people would take care of. But yeah. I always did the music stuff. Like write reviews? Reviews, about- concert reviews, interviews. I would sneak down to the nurse's office because it was the only phone in the school that would dial out. 
except for the principal's office, of course, and I wasn't going to go in there, <laughs> not voluntarily anyway, <laughs> but I would sneak in there and I would call the record labels and organize interviews with bands that I liked, or I'd get a press pass to go interview them before they played at Club Babyhead or the Met, and so, that so rad. that's <laughs> how I did that, but that underground newspaper got canned by the school, but I got the school to start the journalism department up again. So I mm -hmm. continued doing that. And then from there, because I was going to these places and meeting the people at the clubs and whatnot, mm -hmm. I ended up, this was our, um, the very first show I ever played at a bar or a club was 1995 at the Met when it was on Union Street. And it was, we were put on this show with Gringo, who were a pretty big band in the punk scene back then. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think Fall River Overdrive played this show too. But this woman, Rebecca Crow, just showed up and she was like, can I play tonight? I'll play first. It was so weird. Really? She was like super folky. Like, yeah. And this was a, like, like this was a crazy <laughs> show. Like, yeah. And somehow she ended up playing and it was really weird, but... It was my very first actual show, and my dad drove me there, and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we played, and people liked it. And then from there, Bob from Gringo, the band at the time was called Punky Screw Kitten, and Bob was the drummer of Gringo, and he said, drop the punky. And okay. so then we were just Screw Kitten, yeah. and it was me and this kid Angelo playing drums. We didn't have a bass player. This has always been my thing. I can never find bass players to stick around, so I just do without. But it was just us two. And uh, Screw Kitten continued, even though An uh, Angelo didn't play with me anymore. Um, Jen Yakes, who was in Lung Mustard at the time, ended up playing in Screw Kitten. And yeah. we had a bass player. <laughs> yeah. And that band did really well. We played really big shows in Providence. We played a lot at Babyhead. Okay. Um, Rich Pereira, he would call my house at like 20 past two. Like this guy knew when I was off the school bus and in the door. And he'd be like, hey, kid, you want to uh, open up for the Vandals? I'm like, wow. uh, yes. So like we like we would, we opened up for the Vandals, the Queers, the Suicide Machines, like all this these huge. This was all while you're in high school. Yeah. Wow. So all these huge bands coming through. Mm -hmm. Like, so now I feel like I'm spoiled because I'm still playing music, but those cool things don't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah, like the current state of like the Providence scene. That and just like big bands that are coming through, you know, just things have changed. Like. Oh. They oh, have, like where they're adding a lot, like yeah, like that, make, a lot of bands come through. They have a full package. Yeah, you know stuff like that. But we got to you know from the from the get go, we were just playing these huge shows, yeah. and then to play like a local show was weird mm -hmm. when like no one was there. But we just kept doing it. Like I've never cared if I play in front of five people or five hundred. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it, like, it's a stadium. Yeah. Like, I just love playing live music. Yeah, so. I can attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> the times that I've seen you are just, like, just so full of energy. I love it. So like, I wish I was playing a show tonight. Yeah. 
Like, I just love playing. How long was uh, that band around for? Screw Kitten was around probably until like 98 or 99. And then there was falling outs and whatnot. And um, I started playing with a new band that I had started called For What It's Worth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a lot. We toured. We played with some pretty big bands. We were around, I want to say, eight to ten years. Okay. It was, it was and a long run. music was, um, was Melodic talking? punk. Yeah. We, we had... There was not many bands to play with that were like us, so we always ended up playing with hardcore bands. Yeah, which it seems to kind of be a trend. Anyway. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was always, like, punk, hardcore, and ska bands could always play together. Yeah. But there was never bands coming through that were like us. Yeah. So we'd always play with hardcore bands. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting because all the songs were, like, pop-punk love songs, kind of, you know? <laughs> And all yeah. these tough guys were singing along to it. <laughs> I'm like, this is bizarre, but okay, thanks. Yeah. So it was, you know, that was that was a lot of fun. But it was it was one of those bands like it was hard to keep a drummer. Mm-hmm. We played so much, and it was like I think we went through 13 drummers. And those like yeah. years. <laughs> wow, it was like Spinal Tap. Huh? Yeah, it was like <laughs> who who's getting a new job? Who's moving? Who's having a baby? It was just like yeah. So. That came to an end after, like, it was how many times can you teach these songs to someone? It got to that point. Yeah. And I just was like, I need a change. And there was a lot of drama going on in the scene at the time. And I wanted to, like, still play, obviously. But I wanted to do something a little different to get away from that. Okay. So I started Sour Punch. Mm-hmm. And Sour Punch was very rock and roll. It was like, yeah, and yeah. I mean rock and roll, like, Chuck Berry meets Joan Jett. Yeah. Like that style. Yeah. Garagey, but like little solos here and there. And it was a lot of fun. And we didn't have to play the punk clubs. We could go play biker bars and stuff like that. Okay. Like we'd so play hot rod shows and, you know. Different avenues to play. Yeah, yeah. And that was a lot of fun. But, you know, it was short lived because drummers and whatnot. <laughs> it's always the drummer. Lucky United had a couple different um, lineups, yeah. but in the end, my girlfriend was playing drums, and she was the drummer from Screw Kitten. So, okay. like, we've been we've been playing in bands on and off together over the years. Yeah, but we were playing together, and she needs shoulder surgery, and she's got other health issues, and yeah. she's not into it as much as I am. So okay. going to play for ten people isn't really her thing when she's got to lug an entire drum kit around. Yeah, where. I- understand that yeah where you know i'm like yeah let's roll in the amps and do this we got 10 people tonight like i'm like super pumped for everything you know know, i'm just really into it and she's like why why are we doing this okay so you know it's bittersweet Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't ever say that lucky united broke up i just said that we're not playing right now yeah because 
I don't know. Every once in a while, we get together in the garage and yeah. play. We did a record with them. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. Yep, yeah. we recorded that. That's up on Bandcamp. Um, uh, pretty much every... i got to put the For What It's Worth stuff up on Bandcamp. I never got around to that. If anyone listening has our Vicious Circle album, please, I would love a copy of it because okay. I don't have it anymore. All right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, i, I got to put that up there. But, yeah, Lucky United was a lot of fun. We played a lot of fun shows. Um, we got to play with Game Face. Unfortunately, yep. it was before Jen was playing in Lucky United, okay. so the people that were playing in the band with me couldn't even really appreciate how awesome that was. Yeah, because yeah. Jen and I love Game Face; yeah. like that was our jam, you know. Yeah, okay. And the guys I was playing in the band with were just like, "Oh, it's cool," and I'm like, "Cool? Like what?" <laughs> like same thing. We we played up in Boston with the Ataris. Wow. And they were like, yeah, it's cool. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even right now. But, I mean, I've played, I do a lot of solo acoustic stuff, too, which gives me a lot of room to play stuff I wrote specifically for solo acoustic. Yeah. And then I can go into my back catalog and play stuff from any band I've ever been in. Mm -hmm. Covers, I can just, you know. Yeah. So. Are um, there other Rhode Island bands that you've, like, connected with? Oh, yeah. I've done a bunch of shit. Like, who? Oh, yeah. Um, recently, um... My my new band, Stubborn Hearts, mm -hmm. we've been playing a lot with um, the Essays and Twinbrook. Um, I've been wanting to play a show with the Parkwoods, and we're finally doing that in August. It's us, them, the queers, and Meet Depressed are getting back together for a show. Wow. So that's going to be a fun time at Alchemy. Um, but yeah, I mean, over the years, there's always been those bands that you, you play with a lot. Like in the For What It's Worth days, we played with Reason to Fight a lot. Okay. You know, they were like our hardcore friends that, yeah. you know, always played with those guys. Um, I don't know. There's like, there was just so many. I mean, yeah. you get the repeat bands, but then there's the bands you really want to play with and your schedules never match up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. So. And where else were you doing shows? Was it just at, like, what clubs were there? Were you doing underground shows? like VFW? Back in the beginning? Yeah, or just... Over the over your time, like where... well, I mean, we did a lot of Babyhead when that was open. Um, then it was Club Hell, so for what it's worth, played there a lot. Yeah, upstairs from there at um, Jerky's and then PVD Social Club. Um, yeah, those rooms have been yeah been AS two twenty a little bit. Um, Safari Lounge. Oh, okay, that was fun. Always interesting there. Um, I mean, we we played shows at like the Parlor. Yeah. Not my current band, but older bands, and that's always been fun. Um, Screw Kitten, a couple years ago, Jen and I just recently decided that we were going to do a Screw Kitten reunion, because oh, we were cool. reminiscing, listening to the cassette tape that we had put out, Yeah. and uh, we kind of like cleaned it up a little bit through some editing software and, you know, yeah. remastered it, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> but it sounds a lot better than it used to. But uh, that's up on Bandcamp now, so you can listen to the 
the recording that we thought sounded awesome in 1997 because we've never been in a recording studio <laughs> before. Um, but we did a reunion a couple of years ago and we did it at the parlor. Nice. And it was fun to play those songs for people again. And it was packed. Like, yeah. people came out that we haven't seen in a really long time. We recorded it. It's on YouTube. You can watch the whole show. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So we played a lot of stuff that we just hadn't played in so long. And how I remembered the words and how it went is, like, beyond me. Yeah. Because, you you know, after so many years, you're writing all this stuff. I yeah, I, I could imagine. Yeah, run out of room in your brain for things like that. <laughs> yeah, but, stuff gets pushed out. But, but somehow we... Got together to practice and just it was like. Phew. What uh, what lineup was it then? Was it like the original lineup of the band? Well, Flaw, the bass player, he lives out on the West Coast now. Okay. So we couldn't convince him to come home for for right. a weird little show at the parlor. Yeah. But <laughs> Jen and I played, and it was just like it started with her and I. Yep. Because okay. we didn't have a bass player. Yep. And then we eventually found Flaw, and he ended up playing with us for a while, but. Yeah, it was just me and her. We did it. And I started playing out of two amps because of this whole bass player situation. So it was okay. nice and full. Yeah, okay. And the sound at the parlor was great. So they took care of us with that. Yeah. It was, it was good. How did you learn to do the two amp trick? I don't even know. How did... Oh, one of the earlier incarnations of Sour Punch, we didn't have a bass player, but it was two guitar players. Yeah. But I had a splitter cable. And that's not really the way you do this, but I had a splitter cable and I put it into my guitar amp and into a bass amp. And okay. you're supposed to use an ABY splitter so you don't lose signal, which I have now. Yep. But then it was like, we were just loud, trashy, garage, rocky, like, so it didn't have to sound perfect. Yeah. It actually sounded better if it sounded like crap. It had that little, <laughs> yeah, little crunch to it. Yeah. To it. But, you know, then... I learned how to do the two-amp thing, and I got a small little pedal board now. Is that what you're doing now? Yeah, Stubborn, Stubborn Hearts is just me and uh, Doug Bativier. He's on drums. Mm -hmm. And two amps, and it's melodic punk, but it's it's got dynamics. It's got breakdowns. It's got time changes. And I wanted to start writing a little different. Okay. So some of the stuff is still similar to my style. I guess I have a style, but... Some stuff is very different than anything I've done in previous bands, so I'm trying to do more of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like it's pretty typical of just wanting to evolve as yeah. as a musician, as an artist, and learn new things, push, yeah, push I mean, in different directions. We like breakdowns. We like seeing the crowd go a little crazy. And, yeah. You know, it's we've had we've had some decent shows where it's busy and people are you know slamming into each other and singing along and like we're getting there yeah we've only been playing since october of 2018 so nice. we're still we're still getting there we just put an ep out um may 31st our cd release party wasn't even it wasn't even supposed to be a cd release party but we just happened to get on the show and our album had gotten shipped right in time okay so i was like oh my god we should just make this our cd release yeah and it was great because we got a bunch of people to come down for that to celebrate us Yep. But we were also playing with The Worried, um, The High End, and Benny Sizzler, yeah, yeah. which is Gail from Belly, L7, Boneyard, Chill used to be in uh, One Ton Shotgun, Mark. Yeah, yeah. 
like one ton shotgun was one of the first local bands I ever heard that I was like, Whoa, these guys are great. Yeah. And I couldn't believe they were from Rhode Island because I was a teenager and I was getting to see this band that was amazing that wasn't on the radio. Yeah. And like, I tell them that like when I see them, like, cause I've played with Benny Sizzler a couple of times mm-hmm. and they're like, what really? Cause you know, they're like, you liked us that much. And I'm like, yeah, man, I got all your seven inches. And yeah. No, their name like, comes up quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Love those guys. Yeah. But Gail Greenwood has been super supportive of all the bands I've been in. And, you know, now that the internet is so, you know, helpful to musicians, like we just played the show a couple of weeks ago and she was blowing us up online. So I was like, thank you. That's rad. Yeah. You know, thanks, Gail. <laughs> yeah. Because she knows everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's those nice pushes yeah. you get like that. Our hearts are turned to ten tonight. I cried my eyeballs dry. As sunsets we romance about. Sorry about the way I left your house. And I know that I'm a little bit. We try to do two shows a month. We try to do a Rhode Island show and either Boston or Worcester. Both, if, if it's available, but mm-hmm. two shows, you know, minimum. Um, we don't want to overplay any area, but the news is very good to us. You know, the people that work there and the people that go there. So yeah. we, we like it there. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we don't want to overplay it. So we do once a month and then we'll go do... O'Brien's in Boston is coming up soon. Um, we've played, what was that place? Hotel Vernon in oh, yeah. uh, Worcester. Yeah. Um, we're playing in August. We're actually not playing the news. It's weird. We're doing um, Diego's in Middletown. Okay. And um, Oh, and then Alchemy with the Queers. Mm-hmm. So that's like our Providence, Pawtucket area show. And then um, Middletown, I don't consider... That's like another land. Like it's, you're yeah, going on vacation. You're crossing. There's the bridge. a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bridge. So that's not really Rhode Island. So we're gonna do that, and then September we're back at the news again because I do my punks for pets show that I do every year. Okay. So that's, that's a happening. Event, right? Yeah. So that's happening September 14th. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You definitely stay busy. So. I like to be busy. Where have you recorded in the state? I mean, you've done a bunch of records. Um, have you done them in Rhode Island? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. The Screw Kitten cassette tape was recorded at Reptile Recording Studios, which is no longer there. Um, that was in the uh, Hathaway building in Cranston. A lot of bands practice in there and stuff. Okay. But coincidentally, when Stubborn Hearts went in to record a single, it ended up being the same room that reptile recording studios was in it was just different like they had knocked down a wall and built a wall but it was so surreal wow like like is <laughs> this you didn't know that when you no were there, you just walked no like, because the address they gave me was an entrance on the other side of the building yeah so i just didn't realize it was the same it was just you were coming into the building from a different entrance wow so i walked in and was like 
I've been in here before. This is bizarre. And like <laughs> the, the vocal booth still had all the weird, like yellow cigarette stained padding. And <laughs> it was really surreal. But, um, I've recorded at danger studios when Joe Moody was still with us. And, yeah. um, I've recorded in Barrington when I was in Lucky United, but I don't remember the name of the, I want to say Newcastle. I don't remember, but it was in Barrington. Um, mm -hmm. And then we've recorded at people's houses, like trying things out, you know. Yeah. Um, just recently, we recorded at Big Nice Studio in Lincoln. One of the best experiences in the studio so far. Like, Why is that? What would you? It was just a really cool spot. They had really great gear they'd let you use. Um, and Bradford's just a cool guy, and he was, like, really into what we wanted to do and just yeah. helped us achieve exactly what we wanted. Oh, that's and, fantastic. And, like, Doug built, like, a Frankenstein kit out of the drums that were already there. Like, he picked every drum the way he wanted it to sound. I ended up using some amp that I fell in love with that I'll never be able to afford. You know, like it was. But it's on the record. Oh, right? I really. Oh, somebody give me three thousand dollars so I can get a Vox AC30. But yeah, it was it was fun. Um, but yeah, just recording everywhere. That's great. I've been in a lot of bands and done my solo thing. Yeah. So. And do you release all these on your own? Have you worked with any uh, any labels? Um. We've donated tracks to different compilations that okay. not big labels, just like little tiny indie things. Yeah. But they, you know, you just put it out there. They get lost in the in the shuffle. I couldn't even tell you any of the. Actually, I could tell you one of the compilations. Screw Kitten was on because it was pretty cool. Um, in 1998, I think it was. Now this is back before the internet, so yeah. this was probably in like. Um, probably like Maximum Rock and Roll or Flipside Magazine, mm -hmm. there was an ad that said, you know, contribute a song to our compilation. And we did. And we didn't know if it was going to be picked or not. It was just because everything's snail mail and it takes forever. So yeah, we were just sending stuff out and hoping for the best. And we ended up getting on this compilation. It was on Disillusioned Records. And there was maybe 25 bands on it. And we were on there with Rhythm Collision, uh, Naked Aggression, Tilt, yeah, um, Tuesday, which is Dan Andriano's old band from Alkaline Trio. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, all these bands. Like, how did this happen? And, like, <laughs> at the time, I knew who Tilt was. I knew who Rhythm Collision was. But, like, I didn't know who Tuesday was and things like that because they didn't really reach Out us. This far in the East Coast. But that was what those compilations were for. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, I was on a compilation with Dan Andriano. You know, I tried telling him that one night when I played with the Falcon, and I think I just scared him. I've had so many was weird, like, okay. so yeah. many weird altercations with Dan Andriano that I feel like the next time he's in town, he's going to get like a restraining order because everything always turns out weird. And I never mean for it to be weird, but it always ends up weird. So, yeah. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> how would you describe the scene overall, or how would you describe like being a woman in, in the punk scene in, in Rhode Island? Is it that's is a loaded it, question? <laughs> no, but I mean, is it, is it something that's noticeable? Is it? It is. Um, um, I don't think people realize it unless you're in it. 
mean like in the punk scene or just like or you're one of those like i don't think spectators notice that it's a little harder okay but if you are actively a woman playing music you might notice that it's sometimes a little harder to get shows sometimes a little harder to get a good spot on a show like there's weird things that happen um I never like to play the girl card, but there's been some things and I'm like, oh, of course, because I'm the only girl on the bill or, okay. you know, yeah, th- there's yeah. been things like that. And you just have to learn to let it go, but don't take anyone's shit either. Yeah. Like, don't make a big thing of it. Just remember that and don't play at that place again or with those bands again. or yeah. You know, like stick up for yourself. You know, don't let people push you around. Uh but yeah, that's, I guess it's with everything, you know, but I just, I just do what I do and I try not to think that way. There's a lot of females in punk and I don't like to use the female fronted thing mm-hmm. because that is just, that is not a genre and it, it, I'm in a band. Yeah. We're a punk band. We're not a female fronted punk band. Yeah. We're not we're not anything. We're just a melodic punk band. We yeah. sing songs about relationships, mm-hmm. my dog, yes, anxieties, mm-hmm. you know, fun things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't get political about anything. We just we want people to come to our shows, have fun, and I try not to do the whole girl power thing. Like I just equality. Like, let's all just play a show. Yeah. But then sometimes things get weird, and it's like, oh, because I'm the only female, you know, on the show, we're going to get put to the beginning. Or, you know, like, there's always something. It's just, I've been treated poorly a lot. But. That sucks. Yeah. But, you know, that's, like I said, you just have to keep that in mind and don't put yourself in that position again where, you know, if you know this particular venue is going to. You know, we're, I mean, Rhode Island's pretty cool. We don't really have, you know, people being that horrible, <laughs> you know. Okay. But, you know, I I have my favorite places to go to or to support and yeah. to play at. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's places I just won't even step foot in. Yeah. So, well, pretty cool. much it. Well, I mean, thanks for doing what you do, yeah, you know. Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for doing this again because yeah. it's good to let people know a little bit about where you came from if they don't know if they haven't known you for so long or I mean I've been doing this for a long time people say why why do you still do this I'm like because I love it yeah why do you still do that <laughs> I, I love it like, I don't I don't care if I play in front of a packed club or like 10 people I just I love doing it yeah. it's fun yeah. I don't mind carrying my amp to the show and you know staying up late and doing all that it's not about money. It's not about anything. It's it's like therapy almost. Okay. You know, you get an opportunity to have your voice heard. You get to say whatever you want. You get the microphone for a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, other people there are liking what you're saying and they're connecting to it. And now you've got the beginning of a fan base mm-hmm. because of similarities and common you know, occurrences, I guess. Yeah. So that's why I do it. Excellent. Um, you've listed a lot of different things, but 
what would you just say is your greatest musical accomplishment? I've played a couple of shows over the years, not all in one like short time period, but pretty stretched out, where people have connected to my lyrics. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool because I know what music means to me. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many bands that their songs have been like, yeah, like you too. Like, yeah, I feel that way too. And it's just kind of, you build each other up. And I've had people tell me like, that song you wrote, you know, helped me through my last relationship. Or I put this song on a mixtape for somebody. And like, those are the things I like, because that's what I listen to music for. Yeah. I still make mixtapes and CDs and playlists, and I love all that stuff. But I guess just the connection of people, you know, coming together and supporting one another. And, you know, if you go to a show for those four hours, you're all there for the same reason. Nothing else matters outside mm-hmm. of that bar or club. And you're just having fun. And then, you know, you leave with your ears ringing. And <laughs> you, you go back out into the world. But yeah. I don't know. That's, that's one part. And I guess getting to play with a lot of my favorite bands, that was pretty cool. Um, harassing Dan Andriano. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gone to meet a lot of cool bands you know, just, I don't know. No, it's, that's, that's great. I'm, uh, I mean, for those of you listening, I'm smiling <laughs> quite a bit. Cause yeah, that's, that's what I connect with too, just having that and that there are certain bands that whether, I mean, it, it can be a line in a song, mm-hmm. but it's just something that I've just connected with or like, I need to be in that room at that time and I need to be, you know, with friends mm-hmm. and, hugging and, and screaming along yeah. to the song and um, that's just been a big part of of my life and it's just excellent to hear that you know for you on the other side of being that person that's been yeah. able to do that and, and like bands that I've like been a huge fan of since I was a teenager now because of the internet you know you're able to reach out to these people easier Yeah, and you know sometimes you actually get to talk to them all the time and like they come around and you get to go see their band play and, or play with them or, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's like everything came full circle and it's, you know, I never did this to like be a big rock star or I always just wanted to, you know, kick around new England, you know? Okay. But it's really cool to be able to still do it and still have fun and people still like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, there's bands that have been around forever, like Neutral Nation and, you know, like stuff like that, where they're still going, Mm -hmm. you know, and those guys are older than me. Yeah. And they're not going on tour anymore. You know, they're just out there doing it because they love it and their fans are loyal to them. And it's just fun. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I just love being in that environment. Yeah. You don't think you'll ever stop. I don't know. It's going to be weird if I'm like 80 and I'm still doing it, but I don't know. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to keep doing it until I can't do it anymore. Arthritis runs in my family. So as soon as my fingers start, not, you know, I'll just have to have a guitar player and I'll just scream. I don't know. Yeah. I'm willing to do that too. Yeah. I think I believe you with that too. (laughs) You're like, here are the chords. Yeah. (laughs) 
play it a little bit louder. Yep, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jen. No, thank you. Appreciate it. It's that time of year again The days are short, 